Howdy gang, back country and barbells, Joe Shamanic, Jeremy Day, yet another episode where um, we fumble through these ideas of how to help you uh, best train, hunt, and live, and um, we're trying to do it, and we thought while we sort it out for ourselves, we could share our stories and hopefully move you along, so um, hopefully you're enjoying the process, if you are, um, find a way to let us know, um, and even if you think you might, and you're not, um, you can even let us know how we can do it better, but um, um Jeremy, man, uh, you in <laughs> your little story at the beginning of the show got me thinking. What do you uh, people from Denmark? What do you call them? Uh, and the first thing I thought of was a Den Denmarkian, which is not which is not <laughs> yeah. right. I think they're. No, did you, what's that? It's, yeah, it's Danish, right? Yeah, I think. Danish, but that I, I guess at first I didn't think it was Danish because Danish you eat Danish. You know, like cheese Danish. You know what I mean? It's a great, you know, don't they have those out here in the Northwest? Yeah, exactly. I think so. Yeah, like a nice cheese Danish. I, nothing beats one of them. Nice flaky, nice flaky cheese Danish. But uh, um, this has nothing to do with hunting. Um, so It's just, uh, <laughs> I'm working with somebody in Denmark and it brought it up. So yeah. <laughs> then we got to rabbit hole like we typically do <laughs> yeah, yeah but um uh, so. uh the the big thing would be happy holidays to to you guys um we are coming up on the christmas season which means it's the end of uh it's pretty much coming up on the end of the hunting season here in the pacific northwest uh, i'm trying to work out the details on one last deer hunt um i know jeremy you were thinking about getting out a little bit over the next couple of days have you been able to get out on your own uh doing this kind of workman style hunt where you hit some local local honey holes yeah, I've went out. I think oh, once now. Very cool. How'd that I was go? Thinking twice, but um, it went good, man. It was fun. Very cool. I, I only had a half a day that I could do it, so um, I was gonna go out a second day, but I looked outside and it was raining so stinking hard. I was like, man, if ducks are smart to get smart enough to get out of the water, so am I. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, I mean, I actually my last. My last crack in an elk hunt, um, as on the last day of elk season, I actually went out and did a half day and actually got into some great timber and some good sign. And I think maybe, you know, you never know. I mean, hunting's one of those things where you think if you had an extra hour, you'd get it, or if you had one more chance to check that extra spot, or, you know, it's, it's, unless you seal the deal, you always have that thought in the back of your mind that what if. Yeah. And day hunts are always tough, right? Because you can't pattern them. You're just going kind of it's really hitting it in the dark. Sure. It's a needle in the haystack. It's, you know, I think probably needs as much to do with luck or anything else. But um, I think you, you know, we've talked about it. You can create your luck with just more opportunities. Maybe, um, you know, I'm, I I think you know, it is tough. The, the day hunter is tough. Do you think it's best if you, you know, if you're trying to piece, to, you know, you, optimally you'd like to just go spend 10 days you know and really pick apart a spot right but yeah you know the guy who is piecing together the jigsaw puzzle hunt is it best to go to the same spot and learn it or do you think it's best to crush it and go bouncing around i think it's go to the same spot learn it and then expand from there i mean once you get that area figured out then you can kind of go beyond that area a little bit and that beyond that area because what you're looking for is a lot of the elk sign um their patterns because late season they're gonna they've been getting hammered for several months we've talked about that so 
they're going to go into these little recluse areas and those are what you're trying to find hmm. at least that's what i'm looking for you... is a spot where they're less where people are less likely to go and they're more likely to be you, you would you figure that's the same for someone who's fancying himself going after some deer yeah absolutely yeah i i think that that makes sense to be honest with you learning a spot and picking it apart and um like I went to a spot that the, the late spot, the late season spot that we've been, I went to last year. Um, I actually, you know, last year I did one solo deer hunt. It was my first one. And then this year I actually went out on three separate occasions, um, after elk, which, which was really cool. And, um, but it, it was nice to do that in a spot. Every time I've gone up by myself, I've always gone to a spot I've been to before. Yeah. Um, and I think that that, I think that, you know, not to get right into the meat of the show, um, that's something that I think anyone who thinks that they are fancying themselves getting into solo hunting. And, you know, I don't see myself being the guy who spends 10 days alone in the woods, you know, um, not looking to see another human being. Um, But I do really like being alone in the woods for a day. And I could see myself doing an overnight. But, you know, I'm, I'm too into the... I'm too into the camp atmosphere. I like the camaraderie of camp. I like I like doing it um, in that sense. But man, there there's some real attractive things to to taking a day hunt, to a, a solo hunt, and, and and getting after it. No, I agree, man. I I love it. It's you don't have to worry about anybody else. You're not trying to figure out. I mean, you you relieve yourself of that pressure, which is a lot of pressure. You don't think it is, but um, you reduce the noise. Yep. trampling through the woods um you have a different hunting style than the next guy right even your best friends you have different hunting styles so you're able to kind of set yourself free to do things how you do it right and that's what i thoroughly enjoy about it well and for a new guy i think it's cool because you can rather than hey let's try this you just go try it and and again that's where you're going to learn some things you know even you know, we communicate pretty good when we're on a hunt together, but, you know, still, you know, as somebody who you have so much experience and I have so little, so sometimes it's, there's a reluctance there to, ah, is this a stupid thing to say? Is that a dumb thing to try? Why even worry about it? You know what I mean? And then, then even sometimes, you know, two guys having a back and forth, you end up talking yourself out of the idea you thought you had, you know what I mean? So, um, yeah. <laughs> it, it's kind of cool to just, you know, be out there and, you know, like you've said a few times, there's there's times where you just go with your gut on what to do. And I really don't think you're going to develop that instinct unless you accumulate um, a certain level of experiences where you've kind of, you know, um, unconsciously, I think that gut comes from, you know, a natural deduction process that you've been through. You know, you know I think your brain does a decent job of in the background doing the math i've been here before but different ways and and i think sometimes that's got to be where this gut instinct comes from so i think being alone in the woods a little bit will help you develop that well i think it's really important i think you should be in the woods by yourself you know even if you have a camp atmosphere where you guys go out during the day and then everybody goes out on their individual hunt yeah and then not to freak the wife out or anyone listening but you know that that was you know that was the other aspect of the the kind of to say it was a complete solo hunt's interesting because um you know one day you know i was 
in contact with a couple guys. Hey, you guys, we're going to be out in the same unit. This is what we're thinking. You know, maybe around this time we should link up in case anyone's got an animal down and we need help. You know what I mean? So so you have a support structure around you. And, and then even another day where that happened, you know, I was sharing my coordinates with you and the wife and, and everyone knew where we were. So, you know, even when I've done the solo thing, the thought's been, you know, um, at least communicating with people in a sense where if you don't make it back to the truck, people know where you are. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, before all this GPS and Onyx map and all that, I had, you know, and you'd pull out the atlas for the particular state and I would mark all the areas where I was going to go and um, where my camps were going to be. And then I'd give it to Michelle and she knew exactly where I was going to be. So when I was out there, she could have that peace of mind. And if I didn't come home, she could say, well, this is what he gave me. And then, they, you know, it narrows that down. Sure. But with Onyx and all this other stuff, you can... And like when we went out, I still gave her the um, coordinates of where we were going to be so that she could kind of have that peace of mind in the back of her head. Yeah. And then as well as if something were to happen, she could tell somebody or when they call rescue to come out and, hey, these are the coordinates where they said they're going to be. But with that, and I think we've talked about this before, then you kind of have to stick with the plan because you can't really go outside of that plan. You can but it could turn into a situation. It could be ugly. That's right. Yeah. But yeah, so so you know, I think um with that in mind, that was kind of my first thing that I thought about. Like even planning your first solo hit, like or solo hunt, the yeah, hit on the deer. Yeah, we got one out. Um <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but it that's um that was the first thing. Like you really your your first couple of times you shouldn't leave anything to chance. You know, even my very, very first attempt at going solo, I didn't want it to be an elk hunt it was a it was a deer hunt because i knew that the deer was even if i got lucky enough to get one down it's a much more manageable situation and i went to a deer spot that we had been to together and pretty much did a very similar hunt that we did together so i think that you know any i think everyone should consider doing it and i think everyone should um but you know don't leave anything to chance in terms of the spot you know go to a spot you've been to before with a with your hunting mentor um make sure everybody knows everyone's on the same page and um you know uh be as safe as possible because if you screw that up you're in, you're in you know no one plans for the mistake right so right. so if you, if if the more planning you do to not have one um you won't you know what i mean so uh, don't leave anything to chance on that first hunt uh when when you did your first solo hunt jeremy uh how did that work out for you man what do you got you got do you remember it I'm trying to think back right now. Um, I do remember it because I, I went out and I shot an elk. Did you? Yeah, it was the first <laughs> elk I shot with my bow. To be honest with you. Very cool. I was. Um, it was a day after work, and I thought, well, I'm going to go head up to the mountains. So I ran up to the mountains. It was an area that we've hunted in the past. It was my second year archery hunting, and um, is this in Oregon or is this out? Up here? Yeah, this was in Oregon. So I. I hightail it up there i get to the area it's like three two hours until dark and i run down this road it's a half an hour walk and i get down the road and i peek over into the clear cut and there's elk coming out of the timber <laughs> <laughs> so uh i stuck an arrow in the first one and that was it was just a two-hour solo hunt it went quick but the longest solo hunt i've went was four days turkey hunting and that's where i just went by myself and 
had a great time. Very cool. Um, Did you get turkeys? It, uh, I got into a lot of turkeys. I didn't smoke one though, um, unfortunately, but I got really, really close. But I learned a lot of new territory because what I like about solo hunting and is that when you're by yourself, you're using all your sensory glands and you're using everything, all your instincts and the gut feeling and all that. But when you're following somebody, you don't have that particular guard up because mm. the guy in front of you is doing it. And I love being the lead guy, but I also love being the guy behind because for some reason I can pick up and see more animals when I'm in the back. Yeah, so rather because I'm than... allowing the guy in front of me to do all the tracking. He's figuring out the path. He's figuring this all out. I mean, there's a lot of aspects of a hunt that people don't think about. And if you're a solo hunter, you do think about it. But if you're a guy that follows somebody, a guide or somebody all the time, you're not doing any of that thinking. You know, it's funny you bring that up. That extra thought I've never, I've not considered that. Like when we hunt together, how much I'm watching you not how much I'm paying attention to the woods. Yeah. That's super interesting. You know what I mean? Um, that's really something to consider. You know what I mean? Because if you consider like deep timber hunting and, and going through things, like it's that flash through the trees that's the, the, what you're looking for, or a flicker of an ear or, you know, the, you know that, that round shape or, or you know, you know, that brown ass kind of poking out of the woods and, and man, I wonder, I wonder how much I'm actually not watching the woods when I'm following you through it. That's really interesting. You got yeah. It's, I find it very, and that's why I have such a hard time of like when we're out and I'm like, okay, you lead and then you're leading for a while. And then all of a sudden I take over again and then I'm like, Oh crap. I love the aspect of the hunt part, the trailing somebody I also love, but I, I'd much rather be the guy in the lead, and it's it's really hard for me to be the guy in the back. Yeah, yeah, no, because I'm not. It, to me, it's not really the same type of hunting. I'm not, I'm not sniffing. I'm not hearing. I'm, <laughs> I've got my visual, but that's about it. Yeah, uh, and then plus with me trying, you know, hunting with you guys, you're all a little bit newer, and then you you go down somewhere, and I'm like, you know, you hear me all the time. Psst, psst, psst. Then I nod my head over that way, or. Psst, psst. Yeah. So, <laughs> and I'll tell you, even when I have been going those couple solo hunts, there have been a couple things that you've said that have always kind of creeped into my brain as I'm kind of stomping through the woods. Like when I come to like a fork in the road or a fork in the game trail, I'm like, uh, always take the high ground. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. You know, things like that. So, you know, it's interesting. It, yeah, that, that kind of duo team hunting, you know, you, there are aspects of it, you know, and I think it's just like anything else, like, you know, breaking from that mentee-mentor uh, relationship and kind of developing your own style of things. I mean, that's tough in anything you do, right? So, you know, you, you just have to, you have to find that that balance between, you know, learning and trying new things and then also avoiding complete reliance on somebody else to get stuff done. You know what I mean? So, um, yeah, uh, super interesting, but I think, I think taking little day solo hunts is a great way to do it. Or even, you know, if you do break up into a camp, you know, um, spending a moment alone and sorting some of that out is, is a pretty cool thing to do. So, um, yeah, I think it's a great thing to do. It's a great thing, way to learn. And, um, and it's a, 
What I like about doing it when we're in a camp atmosphere, it gives you that sense of security, right? That, okay, my buddies are over here, they're mm -hmm. at camp, and there's this. And But when you're like, go out on a your own solo hunt where you drive to a location, you get out of the truck and you get out there, you got to tap into a whole different set of mental toughness because it's easy to just stay in your truck and drive the roads and look in the clear cuts, right? Because you're like, uh... I don't know if I want to get out. You can talk, almost talk yourself out of getting out of your truck and going into the woods and learning the area. And so sometimes I think it, that mental toughness you have to tap into and you just have to get out of your truck. You have to get into the timber and you have to just do it. And then that'll help you learn the areas a lot better as well. Driving around helps you learn the areas, but you really get to be intimate with the hunting grounds when you're out in the hunting grounds kicking up dirt yeah and making those mistakes i mean bumping elk um just like your your solo hunt you know and we'll probably get into it sometime but how you get down in there and then all of a sudden you're right there in the mix and then that one thing happens well there's there's two things we can get into real quick um regard you know i had um two you know i had two really good um elk opportunities um uh, alone, which was really cool. But, you know, one of them was, uh, you know, the spot where we saw the blacktail and the spot where we had saw, um, where we had gotten into all the elk together. Um, I actually had gone out, um, to that spot alone on one day. I took a day off work and went out there. Um, and this idea of getting out of the truck is a little harder, um, when you are alone. Um, case in point, you know, I got out to that 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 one spot where we slept in the trucks um i had gotten out there two hours before first light um on my second solo hunt this year and i'll tell you what man the eeriest thing i've done alone i think in my entire life <laughs> is that um pretty much one hour hike alone <laughs> in the woods to that to that back clear cut where i was going to sit for a while that was really eerie, man. Um, you know, and I never considered, oh, I've been here before. I have the exact trail marked out um, on my Onyx app. Um, you know, I've been here already with Jeremy. We've seen deer here before. But it wasn't until I got out of the Jeep and uh, I got set up. You know, because I got out of the Jeep. I got my rain gear on. I got everything squared away. I made sure all my gear was lined up. Made You know, wrist release. All this was going. And then I looked at my watch and I said, dang, the sun ain't coming up for two hours. And I got to walk in the dark <laughs> to this spot. <laughs> that was really eerie, man, um, to be alone in the woods in the dark uh, for that long. Um, it was kind of trippy, dude. Well, it's weird how you all of a sudden you can hear every little twig break. You could hear every stinking sound in the woods. It's pretty wild. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And talk about I have times I do that too. And I get a little nervous and I spin my head around real quick. Okay. I'm going to catch you cougar. If you're sneaking up on me, that's exactly right. And, and <laughs> you know, and I was pretty weary of the dark where I didn't want to use my headlamp. So, um, I was walking actually with a hand light and, um, I would just kind of flick it on here or there and I'll ain't gonna lie to you. There was, there were many, many times where I, where I did a 180 and just checked my back. 
Oh, yeah, it's smart to do, man. You never know. You see way too many pictures where people are sitting there smiling and with the camera in the dark, and then there's a cougar sneaking up behind them. <laughs> but, you know, <laughs> you know not, not to diverge on the topic, but, you know, to be perfectly honest, you know, two years ago during elk season and deer season, I remember seeing tons of bear sign and tons of cougar sign, um, um, even some, even some, uh, even some, uh, I don't know if they're, wolf, you know, talking to a guy who probably has a hard time telling the difference between coyote, dog, and wolf tracks. But, you know, the the point I'm making is I remember seeing a lot more predator sign last year, um, in particular bear sign. And I did not see that much this year at all. You, how, how do you, how do you feel? I mean, uh, yeah, I saw the, the truck hunt over there, I saw one set of bear prints. Was that the hunt? Yeah. No, yeah. But you see yeah, it was. Big old it was bear track. Creek bottom. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it was. It was right where we saw that herd of eight or nine. Yep. And so that's um, the only bear sign I've seen over there. But yeah, even during early but season. Like coyotes was... and stuff, they usually crap on the road, and I didn't see a lot of that either. Yeah, the predator sign was down, which is was, was awesome, right? Um, yeah, absolutely. So it's just you know just anecdotally uh, bringing that up, but um, but yeah, you know, getting over that fear of being in the dark and and doing that, you know, that was super interesting, man. Um, uh, and and then just to kind of, I actually hiked on back to that spot where we saw that blacktail and just kind of sat in that sat in that spot for a while and then kind of worked the timber in that clear cut for a while. But you know, you do get to know those spots a lot better when you do get in the woods. The thing that I picked up um, from getting on there on my own and working that timber um, where you put the stalk on that blacktail was, you know, there's a, there's a pretty extensive travel corridor back there for those elk. Um, There's creeks everywhere. Um, There were game trails to different clear cuts back there. Um, And it was cool to see their behavior and even get a sense for where they are bedding. You know what I mean? Um, Mm Mm-hmm. And I was doing something where I would get back, and when I came across their bed, I would pull up the on X and try and pattern how close those beds were to clear cuts and stuff to just try to get a sense for where they live and what they're looking for. But you know, it would seem to me like you know they like they like to keep things, at least from what I've seen, within a you know like a like a thousand meter box. You know, if you could look on the on X and from what I've saw kind of going solo this late season a few times, you know, within this like kind of thousand meter box, which is kind of big, but not, you know, they want water, food and 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 a place to hide. You know, can you convert those meters over to yards? <laughs> yeah, it's not. It's about that, I guess. You know, it's probably I don't know. Meters to yards. Uh, I'm going to have to. Um, I can do kilos to pounds, 2.2. <laughs> That's the conversion. But, uh, um, yeah, so what, what do you got? Um, um, 1,600 meters is about a mile. Oh, okay. Right, so. Um, about a half mile radius, really. Something like that. Yeah, you know what I mean? But but that that's kind of what I saw. I mean, in, in your, in your, um, in your experience, I mean, is that kind of fitting? Yeah, you know, with the elk, it's it's very random. I think they just choose spots where they have the right wind for that particular time of the day, and they have the right type of visibility. And um, usually, I always find it it's two thirds up the on the side of a mountain, 
and um, they're usually on ridges. Okay. And it, and if they're not, then they're kind of in a drainage to where the wind is coming down. It it, it really depends on where they think the predators are going to be coming from, right? If yeah. The predators are going to come from the top. But I've never really thought about or got into the clear cut scenario because there's always on the west coast and the coastal range there's always clear cuts everywhere and that's where you usually find the elk and stuff and i've seen them sometimes a couple miles away from the clear cuts i hear you and they're in the big timber so i i do know like the big bucks they'll stay within 100 yards of the clear cuts okay and um yeah, that's just basically what the because the, they're watching. Well, there's lots of trails going in and out of these clear cuts, so those bucks in the rut they're scent checking on those trails for the does. Well, and that's the thing. So. There certainly are, and getting back into them, you, you can really you can really see them. But mm-hmm. you know, it, it's interesting. It's cool to get out of the truck and go sniff around. It's cool. You know, I hike a lot with the family and do that. But man, there's something cool about getting off trail and finding game trails and seeing what these things are doing, and coming across old bones and. You know, just kind of trying to put that story together. What the hell was this? What happened here? You know. So. Yeah. yeah well, cool. what I think is interesting is on those trail systems, is that some of them are really rutted and pretty wide, and you got to sit there and think of how many thousands of years elk have been using that trail. Sure. I mean, it's it's pretty. And, or cool how many? To start thinking about how many different elk over the course of so many years have been walking that trail and here you are walking the same trail. I, I think that's fascinating to me. So I'll tell you what got me on that, um, solo hunt that I went on uh, that same one, uh, where I worked that back timber where you saw that. And I got into that timber, but sometimes too, I probably made a mistake on that hunt where curiosity got the best of me where, you know, I think as I was checking spots and, um, trying to stay active on the GPS to make sure I wasn't getting lost. Um, I got enamored by looking at this piece of timber um, that was in a different spot we'd never been. Like the explorer in me kind of superseded what was going on in the hunt because, you know, I had found a really cool kind of little trail system. And rather than sit on it or wait and see what was going on, I was like, man, I want to go over there. (laughs) and i'll tell you what it was the stupidest thing i ever did because i (laughs) i was on a really cool trail system it was big timber it was fun to hike you know i was coming up on sign and then you know as i was just kind of checking myself to make sure i knew where i was you know i got to looking at the on x and i saw an old patch of timber and then i saw that there was this other cool road and i was like hey you know what screw all this cool sign i'm looking at i'm gonna go try and go over there and uh, all of a sudden, you know, a nice casual stroll through, you know, really comfortable um, deep timber turned into just a bushwhacking shit show. <laughs> yeah, it's, where, uh, where, you could get into that in that timber over there. Where, where that can happen, too. And, you know, because and, and, and it's funny because that was a really nasty rainy day. Um and and we had talked the next day, and, and you had said you were a little worried about it. But the the thing getting back in there though, that big timber, you really don't feel the rain. I mean, that big timber is pretty comfy um, in terms yeah, of it is. like if I were looking for a place to hide and a place to sleep or and a place to rest and a place to be left alone, um, that's where I'd be. That old growth forest that we have out here in the Pacific Northwest, it's all mossy and high and green and damp and cool. I mean. It's a cool place to be in, but man, it's not a fun place to travel in. 
No, not if you got on the outskirts sometimes, especially <laughs> old reprods and stuff. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Like I told you last time, man, when we went down in that drainage, and I was like, gosh, damn it, I tell myself every time I'm not going to do this anymore. <laughs> Yeah. And here we're, here I am. But but <laughs> but you know nature's cool even in that you find some neat stuff. So the coolest thing um I didn't see well I actually I'll tell you how the hunt ended and I did see some animals. But um as I was coming out, I found a really cool beaver pond and I had found this tree. I must have jumped the beaver because it was fresh wood chips and the the wood chips were still wet. And, uh, it was really cool. Like in this moment where I'm just pissed off that I blew a spot because I got off of a good trail and curiosity got the best of me. It was cool to get this little gift of this out of nowhere kind of crazy beaver pond that this beaver had constructed over, um, you know, over a, a slow running Creek. But, uh, it, it was cool even on a solo hunt like that. It's, it's cool to come across, uh, different little unexpected treasures you're not looking for um but instantly when i saw that pond i was like man what's the what's the regs on beaver i know <laughs> i know fur i know fur bearers are different and i don't even know if you're allowed to arrow them but uh um uh it had been hard to pass up a a shot at a making a beaver skin hat <laughs> yeah no kidding man Be nice and warm cozy. Yeah, that's right that's right um but uh, has curiosity on your own? I mean, have have you learned lessons through you know curiosity and and making mistakes? I mean, uh, every time I go hunting, <laughs> Joe, I do that. I am that guy. I'm like, oh man, I wonder what's over on that other ridge system. Yeah. Oh man, I wonder. I wonder what's over there. Oh, I wonder what's at the bottom of this drainage. But but you you push through those things and then you just find these little hidden gems that you never thought would be there you would never think oh gosh where did this come out just like that beaver pond you're just like you come out and you're like whoa what's this this is interesting and and it's the same thing when you're in that timber and your curiosity and you go to the one ridge over and then the other ridge over and then the other ridge over and eventually you start learning so much about yourself and your curiosity and then also animal behavior because you're like i know for damn sure ain't no elk coming in here because this is thick nasty and ugly and i don't see any trails but here yeah. i am pushing through it and then you kind of will then you'll get to an area where well why are they pushing through this part of it and then you'll look and see oh because it's open it's you know it's not we're not at the creek anymore it's just interesting when you get that curiosity and you push through and I, I do it every single hunt. And that's something I'm, I'm having a hard time picking up on my own a bit. Like where, how can I recognize using some of these, um, some of the technology that's available to us from the, from the thousand foot view above, how can I recognize what might be a decent patch of timber? Because right now it's kind of hit or miss. You know, I kind of dove into one and I linked up to a cool trail system. And then I was on that trail system and, you know, took a, took a Ringo into, into a shit show. And it was hard. It's like, huh, why, you know, like, why is this old growth here? And this is there. And, you know, I'm wondering if that has something to do with, you know, sun exposure that I'm missing, you know what I mean? Because, you know, you know, I, I don't, you know, things just grow thicker and get thicker in certain plots, spots where they're growing. And there, there, there's a piece of that puzzle that I'm missing, but trial and error has been been fun to do I, I know where i'm not going to go next year which is cool and i know that you know next time i dive into that timber rather than bearing right um you know i'm going to take that left and um i was reluctant though to go left 
um, because only for the simple fact that I had been to that spot before. I just didn't want to go somewhere. I wanted to go somewhere new, right? Um, right. And I think that I think that's what's cool about the human spirit. There's a lot of that in us, and I think everybody has it. That's why we, you know, want to run further and go a little higher and and innovate and do these different things. And um, that that's definitely the case in hunting. Yeah, and I, I found over trial and error when you go into creek bottoms, yeah, and you have a good set of timber. I always like I always say, take the higher ground. I'll climb up to the top of the, the I'll get up to the edge of the timber on the very top of it, and then work my way back down. Sure. No. So I'll hike up a ridge, and then I'll come down another ridge, because that gives you a real it gives you that elevated view of what's really going on. When you're in the creek bottoms and you're looking up, you don't really get to see the benches. You don't get to see the here. Well, um, let me put it. Areas. Let me put it in a way anyone can understand. When you're at the bottom of a creek here, you don't see shit. <laughs> <laughs> you don't <laughs> there was what time i was crawling out of the bottom of one and uh this was on one of my three solo hunts and i'm i'm telling you it was over a 45 degree angle i was crawling i was using all four things in fact i was i when i got out of the bottom i realized my rain fly and my little mini tripod had been ripped off my backpack this is how steep and thick it was and they're still in the woods so um if your tripod it, and your what uh, my uh, my pack's rainfly. Oh no! Yeah, it got ripped off. And I'll tell you what is cool about that pack: it really absorbs water. <laughs> yeah, and it gets heavy. <laughs> uh, yeah, it gets real heavy. Um, but that's how steep and thick it was pulling out of here. I because eventually I just said, "Screw this! I'm just getting out of here." <laughs> and I, I I crawled up out of there and. Um, as I'm crawling out, I remember there was a moment where I just kind of laid on my stomach. And for three minutes, I said, I'm good. This is where it can happen. This is where it'll end for me. Um, people know where the Jeep is, and if they find me, awesome. But I'll leave my body to Mother Nature. Uh, it was such a miserable crawl out. Um, so, but, but you live and you yeah, learn. I remember when we went on, when we were hunting and we went down in that drainage bottom and we were side hilling and it was so steep. And I looked at, I tapped you and I said, dude, we got a bear crawl out of this damn thing. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Not the exact words I used, <laughs> but. <laughs> it wasn't, it wasn't different. It wasn't so different. You might have thrown in another colorful cuss word, but bear crawl was definitely the. The, the the term um and that happens Definitely what we had to do and to be perfectly honest when it's over it's fun i remember when i got back to the jeep yeah. i was like ah gosh that sucked in the best way <laughs> exactly <laughs> well know. and then the last time we did that when in early season we were cliff oh uh, yeah hey we're cliff climbing um, we're rock climbing out of this you, area you say to me go up there and i'm like how and you're like um Use my shoulder. <laughs> and I literally, if you guys can imagine this, we are, again, on a good st steep face, and I pull a root, uh, put a foot on Jeremy's shoulder, and uh, he kind of hoists me up, and then I'm up there. I grab his bow and pull him up. So, um, you know, hiking, climbing, hunting. Um, to be honest, it's not fun while you're right, you're doing it, but, man, it's the best kind of fun to just kind of, you know, check off. Uh, we're not going to go that way next time, but it's just something you got to do. It's a good time. It is, and you <clears throat> you got to go through those particular types of trials, really. I think. <clears throat> Excuse me. Well, in in hunting, I mean, it's that's part of the fun. 
Yeah, it, it is fun, and it it's really it's fun, fun, and it's fun. You know, even if you don't kill an animal at the end of the day, it's fun to say I did something that most people didn't. You know, and that's part of it. There's some there's some ego and machismo in that. You know, it's cool to, you know, how cool is it to walk a trail and be like, hey, you know, by the way, you know, yesterday, um, yeah, me and Joe, rather than go around and take forty five minutes to get there, uh, we took a, 50, a a hard fifteen and just went straight up that mountain. What do you think of that? You know, so <laughs> and then and then the guy's like, "Well, I'm sure you didn't do it quietly, so you probably spooked everything, you know, within whatever, you know, whatever." But it's still fun. I to- don't know, man. We're ninjas. <laughs> yeah, that's right. But it's still fun to do. But I'll tell you what makes moments like that easier is when you do get back to camp, or you get in that case where I um, finally decided to get off my belly and I got back to the jeep. Um, you know, I did have a couple creature comforts that that made me happy. I tell you what, I started doing. Um, I have uh, I have uh, those two. I was packing kind of light, but I did have two um, Yeti thermoses with me, and I had put uh, turkey soup left over from Thanksgiving in one, and I had put coffee in the other, and that that was my rations for the day, and um, it was unbelievable after a balls to the wall hike and a crawl out and you know to this day i'm still picking thorns out of my hands from that one hike <laughs> is absolutely miserable i was soaking wet but man um and pretty much you know when i can think five minutes before i was contemplating just ending it all um but then after you know a couple spoons of warm soup and a couple gulps of good uh, good coffee i was fired up to get to the next spot yeah, see, that's just, you just got to rally up, yeah, chalk so, it. Yeah, and I, I know some guys will do things like, you know, keep a chocolate bar in, in their pack. So I would say if you are going to go solo hunting, you know, I think it is cool to have a couple little comforts that are going to remind you at home or make you happy because it there is going to be a moment of frustration or you're going to screw something up. So it's cool to have that to go back to. I agree, and I and, and kind of playing off of that, when you get in a situation where you're scared or you're so deep in there and you're, you start to panic a little bit, mm-hmm. you could say, I'm going to have this little creature comfort right now and yeah. I'm going to sit and relax a little bit. And then you can collect your senses because that's when, if you don't have something like that, you could literally drive yourself crazy and think you're not going to make it back to the truck and you're not going to because you just you freak out. Lost your, yeah, you lost your sense of everything. Yeah. So, so having those creature comforts is nice. It's like, oh, this is a good time to have some coffee. And then you have a moment to kind of collect your senses. I've been in s- spots where, dude, I've been burled down so uh, belly crawling in uh, blackberry patches where it's like, oh, man, what am I doing? You, you <laughs> think, and, and you think, well, shit, the end of this has to be right out here. I mean, I'm almost there to the end. I could, I, I just feel it. I just feel it. And then you keep getting shorter and shorter and shorter and then you're on your hands and then next thing you're doing the inchworm and then you go i gotta pull out this <laughs> is it. ridiculous in fact and, i was in a similar spot with that one trying to find a road where i kept checking the map and i'm like how the hell do i keep getting further away from this damn road like what what what's going on here so um it's rough sometimes i mean you do have rough moments you do and you just got that's when it really gets mentally tough and you're really challenging yourself and yeah I'm, I'm, i know there's a, a a lot of times where i'm like get to that road and i'm like oh 
thank God. And I don't even care if it's the wrong road, six ridge systems over. I'm on a road. That's right. <laughs> right. <laughs> and and just a, a quick antidote. It, actually, I, I'm going back through my little thermos story. I did not have two Yeti thermoses. I had my. I have a. I have a black Yeti thermos, and my wife has a white Hydro flask thermos. And uh, it, I took them both. I filled. I'll tell you what I did. I had boiling hot coffee in one, and um, turkey soup in the other. And I actually had flipped them on a second hunt. So on the second hunt, I went on solo. I had done the opposite thing. And the reason I had put the opposite food in each container is um, I had noticed that the one day my coffee went cold um, before the soup did. And then the next time I real I wanted to see which um, which thermos was better. I'm going to tell anyone out there, that Yeti stuff, and especially that, that thermos they have, like if you have like an old, you imagine like an old school twist top thermos um that black thermos that yeti makes is unbelievable and it kicks the shit out of anything that hydroflask does um just because in a in a kind of a two solo hunt comparison um that yeti stuff just wouldn't go cold whether it was the turkey soup or the coffee on each sun and just kind of doing that side by side comparison um i um it's hard to beat what those yeti thermoses do um, it was, it was, I was pretty amazed at how long they kept things hot. And, um, even in comparison to another product that, that fancies themselves doing the same thing. Um, uh, that was, that was pretty cool to see that. that yeah. That's interesting. That's good to know. Really? Yeah. I mean, it's like, it, it is worth the money if you want to have warm. Cause I remember we were out there for shoot eight or 10 hours and, and you, it would, coffee was still I mean, it's still warm. I remember then the three hours, it was like, oh, my damn lips. Yeah, yeah. No, that's exactly right. And um, it was cool, though, to compare that to to another product. Um, so that, yeah. that Yeti stuff is, is super interesting. Um, it's cool how they do it. You know, you can – I'm going to over-engineer this cup to keep my shit warm. <laughs> <laughs> and that, isn't it comforting to know that there's freaks out there doing that? Like, that's what they're doing, you know? And, and to be honest, it makes a difference. It's really cool. So, um, but you know, to go into your point too, um, I finally did crawl out of that one drainage and onto a road and, and I got to the road that I wanted to, and it was kind of like an old skid road and uh -huh. I hadn't seen any sign all day. And finally I started seeing fresh sign and I crawl out of this road soaking wet. Um, actually not soaking wet. My rain gear was soaking wet. And I know we had kind of talked about rain gear a bit, but, um, man, that, that, that Kuyu rain gear um, kicked ass again, Jeremy. I ain't going to lie to you. Nice. I, I reconditioned it with the um, recommended um, detergent, and it kind of got soaked. But as I got back to the Jeep, I was dry underneath, and I got to thinking, man, I got to looking at the temperature. It was about 37 degrees. Um, had I not had decent rain gear, I probably would have got hypothermia. Like no doubt, because I was, I was, uh, I thought I was pretty soaked to the bone, but I wasn't. Uh, it kept me pretty good. Oh, uh, that's great. Well, how did I hope you wore the Ellsworth socks? Oh yeah, no, no, and that's the how thing. How they do? No, that's the thing too. Um, you know, I know we were talking a little bit about my um, my footwear choice, and you know, the Pacific Northwest doesn't get super cold, but you know, thirty-seven degrees is is pushing it. Um, you know, it's close to freezing, and in fact, that one hunt we went on together, there was snow. Um. No, that Ellsworth sock that you put me on paired really nicely with um, 
that Under Armour boot that I was wearing. That's the boot I'm wearing is not insulated, um, but it kept my feet super dry. Um, that's uh, what is it? That CH one, whatever. It's that Under Armour boot that that um, that's the Under Armour boot. Uh, the Cameron Haynes Under Armour boot. Um, I think it's a great boot for the Pacific Northwest. I mean, my feet were dry, and then pairing it with that high end sock. Um, I mean, and that Ellsworth sock that you put me on is is pretty legit. I mean, I was I was running around Sportco looking at socks, and one sock was promoting itself as a wool sock, and it only had like five percent wool. Um, <laughs> this Ellsworth sock that you put me on, I'm looking at the the thing. It's like eighty three percent wool. You know, I think if and it's you, merino wool, yeah, so and it's, it's, it's it's comfortable. It's a, yeah, yeah, it, it was awesome. And then that boot, then it's a bigger sock. It's a thicker sock. Um, it's a heavy sock and it paired really well. Not only were my feet, um, dry, but man, they were, they were warm as hell. Um, well, what's interesting about the Pacific Northwest and you talk about the cold, it's, I mean, it doesn't get super cold over here, but your feet and your shoes are wet about 90% of the time, which will invite that cold, um, to come in a little bit more. Like you're saying that hypothermia can kick in just as much on that as it could be 10 degrees yeah and if you're and, not wearing not raining if you're not wearing a sock that's pro if you I, i'd imagine if you're you know wool's interesting because even when it's wet it will still keep you warm um so it's super important so make sure you when you check the specs on your sock it's really a wool sock when you buy it it's not just some you know synthetic and they you know because even products that nutritionally it can be gluten free even if it has gluten in it it just has to be a certain percentage not gluten so like i don't Correct. know i don't know what the specs are where you can advertise yourself on a wool sock but um ellsworth ain't messing around <laughs> no no they're, it's an unbelievable sock and the, the beauty about them too is they're they're keeping your feet drier yep. as you're moving around more and even when you relax it's allowing those vapors and the moisture to get around your foot and and shoot out the top of your boot. And I'm thinking that where they're putting the nylon and the spandex, I think they're putting as little as they can possible. But I think, that, you know, just looking at where it is, it's cool because they diagram it. But I think that's to just kind of keep it in place, which it does. It's, it sticks right in place. Um, you know, pair, pairing that Ellsworth sock with that boot um, was pretty legit. I mean, and, and I'll be honest, man, I've been like, like you said, um, many spots, your feet always do get wet, but... Um, I gotta say, man, that, that new boot, um, it stayed dry. I, That's awesome. No, it was not wet at all. Nothing. And, and I wasn't even wearing gaiters, um, which is pretty impressive. And, and I'll be honest, you know, that day I was hunting, I mean, it was wet. It was, it was, <laughs> yeah. uh, nasty. In fact, when I got out of that road, I finally realized how hard it was raining all day because now I was exposed in the road. But the cool part was, as I'm walking, I'm coming across this sign. Uh, the unit I went was in was only a um, was only a uh, it was a buck any buck. But it's funny how self talk can help you because I had such a miserable hike out of that spot. I I came out onto the road and um, excuse my language, but in my mind I'm like, I just want to see an effing animal. <laughs> And then I started. I worked my ass off all yeah, day. Yeah, <laughs> I was thinking. And then as I'm walking on the road, um, I saw some fresh sign. And then my talk was, "Man, um, it'd be freaking cool to see something." <laughs> and then I see some more fresh sign, and I'm like, "Man, what a! It it would be nice 
And then as as I started to self-talk my through this, I, I started saying, you know what, man? It'd be a real blessing to see a critter. And wouldn't you know it, as I say that, I, I kind of dip around this road, and, and there's a there's a little doe sitting there, and we're eye to eye. <laughs> her eyes, her ears are pinned back, and we both have this look in our face that's like, what the hell are you doing here? And uh, <laughs> she, she, I don't see you, yeah. you don't see me. Yeah. I don't see you, you don't see me. <laughs> she, 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 she bolts off, and it was cool. Um, I did get to see a critter. You know, every day I've gone out, I've seen an animal, which is really neat. You know, it's not always a shooter, but you get one. But, you know, it kind of made me think about self-talk. You know, I wish... I wish I would have come out of that drainage going, where the hell are the damn bucks? You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> or the elk. <laughs> yeah. So maybe maybe I would have conjured up the uh, the right shooter. But um, no, it was fun, man. It, it was really cool to to do some to to do some solo hunting and to get some things done and to learn and you know to figure out like for a day hunt. You know, and that was the thing too. As I've done these solo hunts, my pack's gotten lighter and I've kind of trimmed what I need. You know what I mean? And um, yeah. There's one thing that is going to go in there. I'm definitely going to put snips in my pack. I need to get I need to get a pair of snips. Up. They're a must-have, man. Christmas might come early for Daddy. I might go to the Home Depot and just get me a high-end pair of light snips and work that out. But um, no, they're, they're a must. So when you were out there, when you're gearing up for your solo hunt, was yeah. there like a, an expectation you had that wasn't met, or like a fear, or that like I'm scared to do this. And then you got out there and you're like, Oh man, this ain't that bad. Uh, I'll tell you what I'm worried about is breaking down an animal by myself. To be honest, I think I've alleviated many of the fears of the terrain. Um, especially after that hike in the dark, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. And I'll tell you the other thing I need to do is probably pick out a spot on my own and go try it to be perfectly honest, you know, because when I have done these solo hunts, I've always done spots that I've done with somebody you know what i mean so to some degree it'd be cool to get my own spot if that makes any sense so so those are the two things i'm really interested in doing you know it's one thing to have a guy say hey cut here do this pull that you know i've i've been on the breakdown of you know um a couple critters and i'm pretty confident about it and you know i know i know the anatomy and what to do but um to kind of roll through that alone is something that um, would be super interesting. Um, but no, I, I, I don't know yet. I think to some degree still, I'm probably in a spot where I don't know what I don't know yet either. You know, if that makes right. any sense. So, um, but like I said, in, in my solo ventures, um, I've tried to be very safe about where I've gone. I've haven't really experimented with doing new stuff. And, um, when I have done the new stuff, it's been just only in, in, um, in perspective it's been into it's been near spots that i've already been before if that makes any sense yeah yeah absolutely. so i i'll venture off the beaten path but you know i haven't picked a brand new path yet if that makes if i think that's probably puts it a little bit more clear but i'm i think i'm getting close there you know but but to be honest i you know i'm a pretty jovial guy i like to make i like to crack a joke and hear people laugh a little bit so i do miss that aspect of it being alone but i also do think that that being alone part um, is super refreshing. It's, it's, it's an awesome reset. And I suggest anybody do it. Even it might not even be a solo hunt, but man, um, I would challenge anybody. When's the last time you spent six to eight hours without another human being around you, you know, without texting somebody, without talking to somebody, without checking Facebook and checking Instagram. I think we need to do that. You know, in fact, um, 
I'll tie this into my health class like I'm doing before. Do you, you ever heard of pickleball? Yeah. Pickleball was founded on Bainbridge Island out here in Seattle, and it's a game that was I, it really? Yeah, it's a game I used to play in PE. It's a game, you know, but it started in Bainbridge Island by a family, and um, it's huge right now. Yeah, no, and and part of the reason I know a lot about the history of pickleball is my fourth period health class was giving me an earful and not following directions. So they've had to earn their right back into the gym by learning the content of pickleball. So <laughs> I've pulled them out of the gym and put them into the classroom and said, you're going to have to learn about pickleball before you play it since you don't want to listen in class. Um, so, but I've, it, yeah, it was founded. But uh, my point is it was founded because the the dads had come in from a golf outing, probably hungover, who knows. Uh, but the kids were bored and because the kids were bored and the parents were tired, they ended up just kind of piecing together this kind of crazy game. And then over the course of a few years, it evolved and they got other people on board. And now all of a sudden, pickleball is what it is. Uh, go go to the pickleball channel on YouTube and you'll learn a lot. But uh, but it turned into a phenomenon. I mean, it, it is, is everywhere. Yeah. And, and the cool part is what I'm getting at is it was founded out of boredom. <laughs> yeah. And I'm thinking like what other – crazy innovations are we missing out because folks maybe just don't have that alone time to think about things because we're right. so we're so tuned into distracting ourselves you know entertainment's anywhere you know iPhones do so much stuff we don't even have to think about our questions anymore we just google them and there's the answer right so you know that that thought of being bored is really cool and you do get some of that when you're in the woods for eight hours. Yeah, you're hiking. Yeah, you're looking for animals. But you know what? Yeah, there are moments where you're kind of bored out of your mind and you're fighting yourself. And I think that the more I've done that this hunting season, I think it's really beneficial. Yeah, I love it. It's, I love going out by myself because it is. I come back totally refreshed. Yeah. So, well, there it is, folks. Uh, we'll get we'll get a little bit more. We have a couple more soul hunting stories to um to get into especially um my first day of solo hunting elk um i did get into some and i did put the stock on that's a great story that's we're gonna have to do that one next week and oh oh, we're getting we're getting good at this cliffhanger stuff (laughs) (laughs) there it is did yeah did joe get an elk um uh the stock and the story are awesome um and uh we'll get into that next week but uh no it's fun i think i think uh, get out there solo i think if we're going to after action review this and just kind of kind of fumble through um, maybe the ideas or takeaways it's um, you know your first solo hunt don't leave anything to chance uh, keep it safe keep it happy uh, surround yourself in your pack with um, uh, a creature comfort that that's going to help distract you from the misery and get you back to, yeah. <laughs> get you back to the truck and then probably that last one you know I think there's benefits to boredom I think we need to find more opportunities to do it. And I don't think you need to drive three hours and chase elk to do it. You know, if, if you want to just lock yourself in your closet for 30 minutes and fight that, I think there's some benefit there. Or even getting on a treadmill for an hour and just walking. Yeah, that's exactly uh, right. I, I've done some of my best marketing plans and thinking when I'm on that treadmill. Yeah. So in about minute 20, you're going, oh my gosh, I got 40 more minutes. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. And yeah, and don't, don't put the radio on. You know, and I found no, uh-uh. Uh-uh, just kind of walk it out and stare at the wall. I mean, that, that's really interesting. Um, 
But no, it's a good time. It, it, I think there's benefits to it. And, um, you know, next week we'll cover a couple more benefits as we kind of um, walk through walk through another hunt that we've been on. And uh, uh, we look forward to helping you guys through your, your hunting adventures. And if you guys have any contributions to make to the show in terms of content or questions, please let us know. Uh, if you like what we're doing and if we're hitting that mark and this, this idea of getting you to train, hunt, and live the best life possible, um, please, guys. Uh, let us know, review the show, interact with us however and whenever you can. Jeremy, my man, it's always fun to talk to you, brother. Uh, you, sir, enjoy the holidays, and um, I'll catch up with you next week. Yes, sir. Um, God bless America, y'all. Get after it, folks. Ooh, beans. Good stuff, man. That was great.